Hi there. Welcome to a new episode of Stories That Made Us, the podcast where we cover myths and legends from around the world. The first season is all about the tales of the creation of our world and of us. This episode, the 38th of the season, speaks of the tales of the Iroquois, namely the Seneca, the Mohawk, the Onondaga, and the Oneida tribes. These tales are a few of the many Native American stories that we've covered over the past months. Check out episode 1 for the tales of the Achomavi, Atsugevi, and Akoma Pueblo. Episodes 4 and 6 recounts the stories of the various Apache and Algonquian-speaking tribes respectively, while episode 9 features the Arikara and the Arapaho. You'll find the fascinating stories of the Cherokee, Kado, and Cheyenne in episode 12, and the Creek, Crow, and Diagenio in episode 15. We then recounted the myth of the Hopi in episode 21. The next two episodes on Native Americans to feature in the podcast were the Joshua and the Kiowa in episode 31, and the Lenape, Luisenio, and Maidu in episode 33. Finally, in episode 34, we covered the Navajo and the Mandan Native American tribes. Do check them out. The stories provide a fascinating insight into the similarities and distinctions of the tales of the peoples of the North American continent. The stories that we discussed today have all been taken from David A. Leeming's book, Creation Myths of the World. The details are in the description. So then, let's begin this episode featuring the tales of the Iroquois with the story of the Seneca. The Seneca tribe is the largest of the Six Nation Iroquois League, in which they are united with the Oneida, Mohawk, Cayuga, Onondaga, and Tuscarora peoples. Living in western New York State, the Seneca today number some 10,000. This is a matrilineal society in which women play a large social and political role. The Seneca creation story features the Sky Woman figure that is also prominent in the other Iroquian creations as well as those of the Huron and the Cherokee tribes. This is their story. There was a time when water was everywhere and was populated by ducks, loons, and other water birds. Turtles and toads also lived in the water back then. In those days, the people lived in the sky with the great chief. One day, the chief's daughter fell sick and began to die. A wise man learned in a dream that the chief's daughter should be placed next to a tree and that the tree should then be dug up. He told the chief about his dream, and the chief followed the dream's instructions. Then came along a man who resented the digging up of the tree, and in anger, he kicked the girl into the hole. Suddenly, 
she was floating down through space. Seeing what was happening, the birds rose and formed a soft net with their wings and caught the girl. When they got tired, they put her on the turtle's back. But soon, he got tired too. The birds then realized that the girl would need something to rest on. So they asked the toad to dive down to the bottom of the water. The toad later resurfaced from under the water, bringing with him a bed of soil. This soil the girl then placed on the turtle's back, where it began to grow. Now as the soil grew and grew, so did the back of the turtle. Soon there was enough earth for the girl to live on. She was happy there. She made a little house. And soon she produced a baby girl. The woman and the girl worked the land. Afterward, when the daughter was old enough, she too had twin boys. One was named Flint or Otagwenda and the other was called Sapling or Juskaha. Sky Woman did not like Otagwenda or Flint so she put him in a tree. In the meantime, she taught Juskaha, the sapling, how to make things and hunt. Soon, however, Sky Woman noticed that Juskaha would come home alone without his bow and arrows. It seemed he was giving them to the twin in the tree. Eventually, Juskaha brought his twin home with him. There they stayed together for a long time. Eventually, the two decided to enlarge the earth. They also thought about filling the earth with creatures of all kinds. Otakwanda the flint made mosquito and very rough land. Now the mosquito that he made was huge and could even chop down trees. Jiskaha was horrified. This is a terrible animal. It might kill the people we plan to create, he said, all the while rubbing the insect down to its present size. Jiskaha then proceeded to create animals and plants. As for Otagwenda, he did not like his brother's creations for the animals were big and fat, and the trees were rich in syrup-dripping maples. These animals must be made harder to catch, he said, and so he made the animals thinner and faster, and then he made the maples drip sap that had to be boiled for a long time to be turned into syrup. Slowly but surely, the two brothers diverged a lot when it came to creation. They began fighting constantly over the nature of animals and plants to create. It all culminated into a huge fight between the two. In the end, Jiskaha killed Otakwanda, but it was too late for the good brother to undo the work of the bad brother.
The familiar twin motive is used in this story, as it often is, to express the sense of duality in the world. Good prevails, but once evil enters the world, it stays there. The predominance of the Sky Woman and her daughter reflects the matrilineal arrangement of the Seneca tribe. That then ends the Seneca creation myth. The next story is of the Mohawk. The Mohawk or the Kanyankaha are the easternmost tribe of the Iroquois Federation. The tribe has three clans, the Bear Clan, the Turtle Clan and the Wolf Clan. The myth, much like the previous story of the Seneca, tells a tale of a woman who falls from the sky and makes Earth her home. This is the Mohawk creation myth. Once, there was a place in the sky where the people lived in perfect harmony and peace. Houses were oriented east to west in accordance with the rising and setting sun. In one of the houses, a woman lived with a special man who needed protection because of his mysterious powers. The man, however, became sick and died. Now death back then was a phenomenon that was unknown in this sky world. The people placed the man in a container, wondering what to do with the body. Now before long, the woman who used to live with this special man was seen to be pregnant, but she did not reveal the name of the father. When her time came, she gave birth to a girl and named her Ayansik, which meant the earth. This girl grew up quickly. One day, Ayansik began to cry uncontrollably. Only when she stood in front of the burial container of the dead man, who actually was her father, did she stop crying. She talked to the spirit of her father for hours at a time. And one day, she told her mother that she, in accordance to the wishes of her father's spirit, was to marry. In preparation, her mother packed a basket of cornbread and berries, and Ayansik, as directed by her father's spirit, left to find the place where Taranhaiwakon, the sky supporter, lived. When she got to the place as described by her father's spirit, the girl gave Taranhaiwakon the basket of food and stayed with him for three days and nights. Unfortunately, Taranhaiwakon soon became sick. In his sickness, he brought Ayansik to a special tree, which was called the Tree of Light and told her to lift it out of the ground. Taran Haiwakon knew that doing this would make him feel better. The girl Ayansik, as instructed by him, uprooted the tree, exposing an opening through which she looked down. 
Now, as she leaned over, Taran Hayawakon pushed her into the hole, and she began to fall, grabbing roots of beans, corn, and squash on her way through the hole. Now, Ayansek fell and fell into the darkness below the sky world, until she saw a vast expanse of water below, with animals floating about in it. Of the creatures upon earth, the loon looked up and saw the falling woman. The bird then asked the turtle to host the sky woman as all the birds formed a net to break her fall. Now after spending some time on the turtle's back, Ayansik knew that the animals would need dirt to form a world, and so she asked them to dive for some. Several animals tried but failed to find the dirt. Finally, the muskrat succeeded and placed a small amount of dirt on the turtle's back. As each day Ayansik circled the turtle's back, the dirt grew into more land, and gradually the roots that she had brought with her from the upper world began to give forth plants in the new earth. These plants were corn, beans, and squash, the staple food of the Mohawks. The Mohawk myth is similar not only to the other tales of the Iroquois, but also to those of the Cherokee, Assiniboine, and others. The little muskrat who succeeds in bringing the earth from under the water Muskrat, being the most ordinary of animals, perhaps represents the idea that ordinary people can sometimes be heroes. The turtle, as the foundation for Earth, is a ubiquitous North American Earth diver hero and is, logically, the totem for one of the major Mohawk clans. Sky Woman herself is fertility and Earth. The fact that death is associated with her in the upper world indicates that though her origins are divine, her role as the earth goddess demands the inclusion of death, an integral aspect of the cycles of fertility. We now move on to the story of the Yonandaga. One of the six nations that formed the Iroquois Confederation, the Onondaga, or the people on the hilltop, live in the northeast on both sides of the New York and Canadian border. They are a matrilineal culture. Their clans are led by clan mothers. This is their story. They say that there were once man-beings who lived in the sky in the world above this one, and that a woman-being once went there with a comb and began straightening out the hair of one of the man-beings. Soon, this woman-being became pregnant, and the man-being became the first to experience the mystery of death, for with birth must come death. The man-being was placed by his mother in a coffin. When the woman-being gave birth to a girl, her mother, the ancient one, 
asked the woman being who would be the child's father. But the woman being did not answer. As the child grew, and one day she began crying and would not stop. It was the ancient one who told her daughter to take the child to the male being's coffin. When the child saw the coffin, she was happy. The corpse of the man-being then gave the child instructions on the right way to be until she was married. When the girl-child herself had a baby called Zephyr, her husband, a chief, became ill. The ill chief then sang a song, telling the other man-beings to pull the tree called Tooth that grew near his heart. Through the hole left by the tree, he threw his wife and his daughter Zephyr down to the world below, to our world. The woman being, now called Sky Woman, fell and fell and saw only water beneath her. The animals below saw the Sky Woman and her daughter falling and decided to make a land for them. Many animals tried to dive below the waters to get the air, but only the muskrat succeeded, and he died in the process. With the earth that he brought up, however, the animals made land on the turtle's back. Then the flying creatures formed themselves into a huge net in which they caught the falling woman and they brought them safely to the new earth. Sky Woman and her daughter brought fire and taught the people the art of hunting. Then, when the daughter had grown up, she was visited in the night and she soon became pregnant. Now just before she gave birth, she heard two male beings talking inside her body arguing about how to be born. One came out by the normal way, the other by an armpit. This armpit child killed his mother as he was being born and then told his grandmother the other son had done the deed. This child was the first evil child. And so, there came upon earth the first of the good and evil people. These were the first man-beings on earth. This myth is almost the same as the Mohawk creation myth. The dominance of Sky Woman is appropriate for the matrilineal cultures such as those of the Iroquian tribes. The Sky Woman and her daughter became true culture heroes teaching their people how to live. They are the first clan mothers. The fact that an evil child is born of the daughter's armpit rather than in the usual manner suggests the abnormality that the child brings to an otherwise stable world. Our final creation myth of the episode is about the Oneida. Now like the Onondaga above, the Oneida, also called the People of the Standing Stone of New York, are a member of the Iroquoian Federation. Like the other Iroquois, 
The Oneida are led culturally by clan mothers, and their story also is that of the Sky Woman. So then, let's check out their story. In the beginning, the earth was covered in water, and every place was dark. Only water animals lived down here. The spirits lived in the world above with the Great Spirit. There was a huge apple tree there with deep roots. Now it so happened that one day the Great Spirit uprooted the tree, leaving a great hole in the ground of the upper world. He ordered his daughter to look down through the hole at the dark, water-covered lower world, and then he asked her to go there. When the daughter refused, he picked her up and dropped her through the hole. Slowly, Sky Woman, as she was called by all the creatures of the lower world, floated down towards the world below, shining like a star. The water animals looked up, afraid. At first, they hid under the water, but then, they came back up and decided they would need a dry place on which Sky Woman would land. The beaver dove into the depths to find soil, but drowned in the process. The loon and others failed too. Finally, the muskrat dove, and though he resurfaced dead, he had some mud in his paw. The animals placed the bit of mud on the turtle's back, and immediately, the turtle and the earth on his back grew into what is now North America. Meanwhile, swans flew up to catch the falling sky woman, and they brought her safely to the new earth. Almost immediately, sky woman gave birth to twins. One was good and the other was so bad that his mother died trying to give birth to him. The good twin, or good spirit as he is called, hung his mother's head in the sky as the sun. He also used parts of her body to create the moon and the stars. The rest of her body he buried, making the earth itself sacred and fertile. But for every good thing the good spirit did, his evil brother, the bad spirit, did the opposite. The good spirit made beautiful plants, but the evil spirit put thorns and knots on them. The evil spirit countered his brother's beautiful creations such as deer and bears with poisonous snakes, and his beautiful rivers with rocks to cause dangerous rapids. Finally, the good spirit made humans out of clay, and the evil spirit mocked that creation by creating monkeys. The good spirit now placed a protective power over his whole creation and ordered his brother to respect the protection. When the evil spirit refused, the good spirit challenged him to a fight. The winner to rule the world. After many days of brutal fighting, 
the good spirit prevailed and condemned his brother to a dark underground cave. Unfortunately, however, the evil spirit serpents come up to this world and cause problems, especially by making humans do evil things. This is why all of us can be evil as well as good. As similar as this myth is to the other Iroquian myths, it places more emphasis on the duality inherent in the universe and gives Sky Woman a less prominent place than she usually has, for instance in the Onondagan myth. That then is the end of this week's episode. Listen to the creation myths of other tribes, cultures and civilizations in the previous episodes. As I alluded to earlier, we've covered many tales of the Native American tribes in the podcast. Check out episodes 1, 4, 6, 9, 12, 21, 31, 33 and 34 if you'd like to hear more. Finally, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a feedback. We're active on Twitter and Instagram, so why not connect with us by using the handle at StoriesTHTMDEUS for both Twitter and Instagram. You may also email us at info dot stories that made us at gmail.com. I'll see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.